to the Autism News Network. My name is Joshua and I'm here with Kyle Kelvington and today we will be interviewing Dr. Boyer. She is a child and adolescent psychiatrist at MUSC, otherwise known as the Medical University of South Carolina. She has a heart for autism and we are thankful that she has taken time out of her busy schedule to um, let us interview her. I will also be joined by Dr. Gwinnett and Miss Aaron. So let's get started, shall we? <laughs> I know it's early. It's um at the time of this recording, it's nine twenty. So hopefully everyone's awake and you know feeling good. All right. So the first question for um Dr. Boyle is um where are you from originally? I am from Raleigh, North Carolina. Dr. Boyer, what is your role at the MUSC? Um, so I'm a child and adolescent psychiatry fellow. So I just started my second year of training and, and the last of many. Where did you complete your um, undergrad, your um, undergraduate in um, medical school, at, if you don't mind us asking? Of course. So I went to Duke for undergrad um, and Wake Forest for medical school. Um, and then I went to Emory for residency and then I came here. Where's the, um, where was, where's that last school at? Emory is in Atlanta. Um, Dr. Boyer, did you ever witness bullying against a loved one? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Um, so my little brother has autism. Um, he's 26 now, so he's an adult. Um, but I guess I should start by saying he is, you know, autism is a spectrum and he is definitely on the lower functioning end. So he is largely nonverbal, can say a few words. Um, but, you know, mostly noises. Um, and so a lot of bullying I witnessed was probably when we were both kids and, you know, families would be over at each other's houses. And so the kids would be, say, in the den watching TV. He would be making a lot of noises or flapping his hands. And, you know, my peers had never heard of autism. I mean, my family hadn't until Corey was diagnosed, right? And so, you know, they'd say, like, oh, can you make him be quiet? Why can't he just stop? Um, you know, Corey, shut up, that kind of thing. And, you know, they didn't mean it in a bad way they just thought there's this kid who's making noise while we're trying to watch tv um and so i don't know if that's bullying i guess because they didn't really know what they were doing um but it was definitely you know hard for me at times and could definitely be hurtful um so i just kind of had to learn you know sometimes it really got to me and other times i was able to kind of move him out of the situation and just kind of take us to do our own thing. How did your family cope with the challenges when your brother were growing up? Well, that's a good question. And, you know, I think every family is different and every, you know, family's challenges are so, so different kind of depending on um, the individual with the autism and their needs and their abilities. Um, but I think that the main thing we all kind of learn from it is just you have, you have to stick together. You know, it's, I think it's easy when there are challenges, especially when, you know, we can't directly address Corey about them or he wouldn't understand what the issue is, you know, for us to kind of all go at each other. Um, and so I think the most important thing in dealing with the challenges is remembering that we're all a team, even if we don't have the answers um, and we have to just work together. Um, I think in added challenges, obviously I was a kid too, at, at, you know, for much of this. Um, we're about three and a half years apart. Um, so I think my parents all had the added challenge of, you know, including me and, you know, being honest with me, but also remembering that I wasn't an adult, an adult and might not be able to handle all of it. Um, so I think that was a different challenge for them that, you know, I think they did a really good job at. Um, 
but yeah, kind of working together as a team and also just kind of for them, what they could do, you know, knowing that I was a sibling and not another parent. That leads into the next question I have for you, Dr. Boyer. Uh, I assume by you having a brother with autism that that helped develop your heart for autism. How did you exactly develop it? So it's just always a big part of my life. Um, you know, growing up every Saturday, we went to this art and music therapy program for kids with autism that my brother did. And so I started volunteering in that when I was in elementary school. Um, not that I'm really artistic or musical, but I would kind of sit in and try to help. Um, and so it was just always a big part of my life. And so it's just kind of natural. It was never, it never really felt like, oh, I'm choosing to have an interest in this. It was just part of my life. That's good to um, hear. Um, so let me ask a question. Um, let me go off script for a little bit, if that's all right. Because um, I know for me growing up um, with autism, you know, I'm, I'm 33. So when I was a kid, you know, and everything, people really didn't know that much about it. And it was always assumed that, you know, it was almost like pregnancy. You were either, either had all the symptoms or you didn't. And the ones that were high functioning, you know, like myself, it kind of fell through the cracks. And, you know, so how would you say, um, cause I don't know how old your brother is, but would, would you say that, um, how do I want to say this? Would you say that that, um, played a role in, um, in him growing up? I mean, with, I mean, with, did y'all have resources, I guess I'm trying to say, or were, were y'all more or less had to figure it out on y'all's own like I did? Yeah, I mean, I and think... my mom did. I think, um, you know, so Corey's 26, but I think, you know, when he was younger too, nobody really knew what it was either. Um, my family certainly hadn't heard of it when he was diagnosed, you know, in the mid to late 90s. Um, so, you know, I think we found a lot of helpful resources along the way, but I agree, a lot of it you kind of have to navigate. And even if you're trying to get resources, you know, what are the resources? You know, the resources Corey needs are probably different than the ones you needed because you were so much higher functioning. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it was a lot of guesswork. And I think one of the great things now, you know, for instance, with projects like this is, you know, I think people have heard of autism now, you know, because of projects like this and other awareness campaigns. And so, at least there's that, right? And so right. whether you're lower functioning or, as you said, higher functioning and maybe not, you know, meeting every criterion, you know, you're still being able to hopefully kind of get more understanding now. Yeah, I feel like it is improving. I mean, we still got ways to go yeah, to start definitely. as far as figuring out, but it is definitely an improvement from, especially from when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And I, I think you're totally right. There's still a lot of room for improvement. Since we're on the uh, personal experiences, how has your personal experience with your brother helped your medical practice? Well, I, I hope it's helped. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I hope it's helped to make me, uh, you know, a more empathetic provider, right? You know, so now I've, I've known the role of family member and I've known the role of doctor. Um, and so I hope that when I'm in my doctor role, I'm able to kind of remember what it's like to be a family member, remember the questions I had, the uncertainties, the stressors. Um, and so just try to help families from, you know, um, kind of, you know, my medical background and a place in my heart. Um, you know, just the, even little things like questions maybe I had that they're not asking, but I think they're going to have, you know, 
Yeah, so just trying to meld those two as, as best as I can. Yeah, because there's some things that, you, you know, you just can't learn from a textbook that, you know, that, that have in personal experience, you know, either as a family member or, or as on the spectrum, you know, you know, you just can't really get from a textbook, in my opinion. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. I think you're, you're totally right. I know that you said at the start of this that you were at, um, that you're at the medical university. What are your um, career aspirations as far as the future goes? So yes, I'm finally really having to start to think about this for real after so long. Um, but you know, I think I, I enjoy outpatient care the most. Um, so I'd like to work, you know, with children and adolescents. Um, you know, general psychiatry outpatient, but I would also like to specialize in autism. You know, I think that's something that I'm you know, really interested in and still means a lot to me. Um, and then the other thing is the great thing about psychiatry is that, you know, we do adult training first, right? So just because I've done child training doesn't mean I can't see adults. Um, and so the plan is, you know, definitely for my patients with autism, but I think probably for all of them, you know, if they come to me as children and then they get older and they become adults, I can still keep seeing them. And, you know, I think that kind of continuity is really helpful, especially in something like autism, where I think a lot of, um, you know, adult providers don't really specialize in that. Um, but I think it's great that it's not like we're pediatricians where there's this age cutoff and you got to get out of here. Right. Um, right. and so I would really like to just be able to keep seeing my patients across the lifespan, um, you know, regardless of their age. Yeah, that, that would be good. Cause I know for myself, you know, I don't, I don't really do good with changes, even, even small ones or even big dramatic life changing ones either. You know, I, I do better with consistency. Yeah, I think that's a great point, right? To not put individuals with autism through some unnecessary change like that, especially when it comes to their medical care. Exactly. So looking far into the future, Dr. Boyer, do you worry what will happen with your uh, brother when your parents pass on? Definitely. So that's been a huge topic in my household for the past several years. Um, and I think the thing about that one is, you know, my parents have made you know, really unbelievable efforts in working towards a plan. But just because you put in the effort doesn't mean that a plan materializes. So things are really up in the air right now. You know, I think we know he's going to need to live with someone who can care for him. Um, you know, whether that's a group home, whether that's with me, you know, it's really unclear. Um, you know, and I think when you're looking at these homes, you have to one, think about kind of, does it suit that individual? Like, you know, we looked at a couple that they're actually based on farms and he really loves the outdoors. So that would be a great option. Um, but then also with someone like Corey, the other thing to think about is, you know, he's not, you know, he's barely verbal. And so that makes him unfortunately a really easy victim for mistreatment, right? So we need to put him in a place, if he goes elsewhere and not with me, it needs to be somewhere we trust so much because he can't tell us if he's being mistreated. Um, so I think that adds another layer, layer of complication um, to where he would go. So I think at the end of the day, there's a great chance he's gonna live with me, which I think will present some challenges, but I think whatever situation makes him happy and healthy is what we need to do. That sounds um, really good. Um... What would you tell the um, parents of a 13-year-old with autism about how they can best help their um, child prepare for adulthood? It's a great question because I think it's something I'm going to encounter a lot in my medical practice as well. 
Um, I think just saying, you know, really pay attention to one, what makes your kid happy and two, what their abilities are um, and kind of plan from there. Um, and then you know, really just make sure that you've got, you know, the things ironed out for their adulthood in terms of like, you know, do you think you're going to need to take guardianship when they're 18? Because that takes a lot of planning and can be really important. Um, you know, starting to think about things like, are they going to get a full high school diploma or a certificate? You know, what is, what is their ability there? Um, even thinking about like where they might live when they're adults, even though that's far out. Um, and then also, I think we all have this tendency to like look at the future and have trouble just being present. So remembering that your kid with autism is, is here now and right. being the best parent you can be for them right now. Yeah, I would definitely um, agree. It's never too early to um, start planning for, you know, for the future if you have, if you have a child with autism because, you know, it'll be on you before you know it. And it's when it comes to getting help from the government, you know, it takes time to get the fill out the forms. It takes time to get authorization and approval. So, you know, I believe, you know, in my personal opinion, I believe that, you know, it's never too early to start planning for that because it will be on you before you know it, unfortunately. Especially if the child is going to be, or adolescent is going to be one of those who cannot go out into the working field because of their autism. Getting them on disability is a difficult process. Yes, it is. <laughs> My mom actually achieved it way back when, but I personally am 100% disabled by the, according to the government. So I don't know if I'd ever actually be able to work at a job. I'd have to volunteer places. And enter the Autism News Network because Kyle and Josh are already working. They're cutting a podcast right now. What are you doing? You know? And uh, our, uh, our goal is to create the Autism News Network to be a job source for adults like Kyle and Josh so they can get paid for doing this awesome work. Dr. Boyer, um, let me just wrap this up. What do you think of the um, Autism News Network? I think this is the coolest thing. Um, I really haven't seen much like it, but I think it's a really wonderful project. You know, as Dr. Gwinnett said, it does the, you know, it supplies jobs and teaches skills and then also allows for a community to be formed around this and um, bringing together like-minded people and then, you know, individuals with the autism who connect with one another. Um, I just think it's a really great and unique project and I hope we see things like this pop up elsewhere. Now, I know last week, I know, what was it? It was either last week or two weeks ago. I know we interviewed some people out in, um, I think it was Houston, wasn't it, Dr. Gwinnett, the, um, that did, that's doing something similar. Yep. Um, that would be in an, I'll, we'll post the link to it and um, the YouTube link in the comment and the um, description below on the YouTube channel, but um, it's for people to watch that one. But yeah, it's, um, we definitely need more programs like this. So as we wrap this interview up, does any, does anybody else have any questions like Miss Aaron or Dr. Gwinnett or even you, Kyle? Or do you even you, Dr. Boyer, do you have, do you want to ask us any questions? I had a comment and for some reason I'm thinking of Dr. Boyer and I'm picturing her as a tree and she's been kind enough to share her roots with us. And then I'm think she's a tree that's of course growing towards a very fruitful career and she's almost completed her training now. And I'm just thinking based on her roots and her family and her personal experiences, how many patients and families are going to benefit from her firsthand experience. You know, how many families will 
seek out and receive shade from that tree based on Dr. Boyer's experience and her hard work and dedication in this area. So we wanted to just acknowledge that and thank Corey, who's not on the podcast, but just for being who he is because he's helping his sister help others. So shout out to Corey. Yes, I think that's a great point. I don't think I would have been in this career without him. This has been the Autism News Network with myself, Joshua Miller, and Kyle Kilvington saying, um, signing off and saying, have a great day. Thank you so much for having me.